Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, I'm Alan Cumming, and welcome to my shelves. My shelves are sort of a museum of my life. I like to keep things from my travels that are, to me anyway, the very essence of the experiences I've had. Sort of portals, if you will, to a specific time and place. And the inspiration for stories and memories and musings. Here's a picture of my school class. Actually, three classes. I think it was primary five, primary six, primary seven. From Maniki Primary School. And there's only 22 pupils in all those three classes. And I'm one of them. And our teacher, Mr. Topple, who used to pull you by the ear. Here's my Air Scotia flight bag. An actual Air Scotia flight bag from the sitcom The High Life which I wrote with my friend Forbes. My guest today is the actress and cookbook author, Faye Ripley. We were all furious, Alan, don't don't get me wrong, (laughs) but we knew that she'd be particularly furious. And we saw their car drive down the road and we all peeked out from the net curtains and you could see Emma mouthing to Jason, her boyfriend, Drive on. Just keep driving. (laughs) And they did. Welcome, bienvenue, welcome. Faye Ripley shot to fame in the late 90s in the British television series Cold Feet. She stayed with it for several seasons and then went on to pastures new and is much beloved for her many roles and for the cookbooks that she has written. She eventually returned to Cold Feet when it was revived and now she's just, I would say, a national treasure. She's also a total darling, absolutely hilarious and a dear old friend of mine. I also have to say uh, that I feel absolutely integral and partly responsible for Faye's uh, great love and marriage to her husband, Daniel LePayne, and therefore also responsible for their two children, too. So what happened was I met Daniel in Los Angeles in the mid-90s when I was kind of trolling around there looking for work. And then later when I was back in London, he was there doing a project and, you know, I introduced him to my friends. There was one particular night when he was over at my flat and we played a board game. It was one of those board games that had a sort of telephone. And at the time, it was very exciting because we didn't really have those sort of electronic things in our lives in the same way as we do today. It was called Electronic Dream Phone. And the byline of the thing was, guess who likes you in this talking telephone game? And there's a picture of these two girls gasping with a sort of enormous pink telephone between their ears and lots of little playing cards with boys' faces on them. So I was playing that with my friend Sue, my friend Andrew, uh, Faye was there, and also Daniel. And I noticed some flirting for real was going on between Faye and Daniel. 
Then what happened was my kitchen table broke. This is all in the same evening. And Faye kind of, um, she's very sort of, you know, good at uh, DIY and things like that. So she volunteered to sort of take over the operation of um, fixing the table. And she and Daniel went off into the kitchen and spent some quality time together where I think it's fair to say the magic began. The next part of this tale is that I told Faye that Daniel fancied her. I also told Daniel that Faye fancied him. Cut to many months later. We're in New York. I am having a party at my flat for New Year's Eve. A lot of my friends from London have come. A lot of my friends from all around the world have come over, actually, including Faye Ripley and Daniel LePayne. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am happy to say that their first public snog, I found out recently not their first actual snog, that was done in secret in a bar a couple of nights before but their first public snog happened in my living room of my flat in New York City on New Year's Eve of 1998 going into 1999 and uh, also snogging avidly that night um, on the dance floor in my flat was uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman but that's another story So perhaps it's because I am entirely responsible for Faye's life, love and happiness and indeed her children that she has agreed to come on Alan Cumming Shelves today and talk with me about an object related to a magical night we spent together in London many years ago at the premiere of the Spice Girls movie Spice World in which I appeared and to which I took Faye Ripley as my date. I've got in front of me, Faye, a little, it's a little, actually a little elephant, a little silver elephant with one of those little wire things with a sort of a little, you know, like a little pincer thing on the top of it that you put a photo into. And I have on it, it's actually stuck to a piece of cardboard, the picture from Hello Magazine from (laughs) 1997, I imagine. And it's a picture of you and me beaming uh, and and, uh, at the uh, Spice Girls, uh, Spice World premiere. And it says uh, below, Alan Cumming, Dash, with a Spice Girl doll in his pocket. And I do indeed have a Jerry doll <laughs> in, in the pocket of my suit. <laughs> what a brat. And it says, and a friend. Oh. That, was the, that was the billing you got, and a friend. I'm so sorry about that. I remember when standing with you at my yes. very first premiere, I remember them shouting... Hey, hey, Alan, Alan, as they do, Alan, Alan. And I swear at some point I went, it's Faye, remember, <laughs> remember that. It's Faye Ripley, don't forget it. I sort of vaguely, and then sort of one poor photographer at the front went, oh, all right. Um, but um, it was that you sort of, that was, you know, they don't have Debs, debutantes anymore i feel like you made me i was your debutante i introduced you, know. you to, to celebrity society very much so and i've got to say i've thrived in it <laughs> you certainly have Fado. <laughs> and also you were looking spectacular in this picture this is sort of a shiny brown i know it, i know what on. it was it, i've still got it oh you did what is it it's a, a sort of full length, sort of velvet, brown velvet with a skeleton print on from Ghost. From I mean, oh, it's probably is there, is there like a little strap thing across your in front of your boobs? It goes from one piece of the always oh. <laughs> constantly. And the puppies are looking fantastic. They're on mm. display in this picture. Yes, very, and... very, very much a thing of the past in that department. Yes, <laughs> really. Yes, I'm a bit more polar neck now. 
<laughs> Your boobs in this picture look absolutely stunning. Good. And uh, and also there's a little hairpiece, uh, Faye, a little sort of little band thing. I think that was my hair. I, I think I was sort of channeling scary spice. You, yes, it's definitely got a scary I? spice. Very, lots of curls. It's a little tiara. Mm. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think it's a tiara. I think I think what we might be talking about here is a root perm. I think think that's what we were tackling, but it was it was an amazing night, you know, Alan. It It was was one of I I now have I have no memory of anything. I can't normally do these chats about things in the past because I don't remember them. But um, (laughs) but I do remember that night because it was well one. It was my first sort of big premiere. I was a big fan of obviously you, but you are and were my friend. Uh, but <laughs> yes. the um, but the oh, but of the spice, the spices. I mean, I continue to play them the music. Um, yes, and so it was a really big deal. And then I got to meet them through you. That's right. You, you introduced me to them. We went into a sort of uh, a dressing roomy thing within the cinema. Oh, we did? And there was, I mean, not, I don't think anybody would be surprised to say that I, I was very much um, uh, vocal about the fact that Baby was my favourite <laughs> and Scary was scary and yeah. Baby was just a delight. Um, yeah. Considering I was just friend, as you've rightly pointed out. <laughs> and friend. <laughs> and friend. Um, you know, that that's like um, Kate... Blanchett, her husband, I think he's mm. referred to as the hand the because hand. he's only because he's only ever a hand in the picture. Oh, he never makes that you chop him out. Oh my god! <laughs> so I'm friend, and he's hand. that's hilarious. I remember as well at that party afterwards that the there was a string quartet playing Spice Girls hits. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Oh, it, it was so it was so like you. Know, it was a very genteel string quartet. Drinks were coming around. We're all laughing, and then I suddenly went, "Wait, that's." Uh, I want to make so hilarious. And then I remember we went into another room where the girls were. And it was kind of sad. I actually remember mm. thinking that it was, you know, it was their big night, their big premiere. And yet they were kind of ensconced in the little v- VIP room away from everybody. And I said, oh, my God, it's so exciting. This string quartet is playing all your hits. I remember saying this to, to Melanie C, uh, to, to Sporty. And she was like, oh, that sounds great. I wish we could go out there and hear it. Oh, I thought that was so sad. That's really sad. What's the point? I mean, now you'd look back on that, wouldn't you, if you were them and think, oh, I wish I'd gone to that party. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because the parties don't last forever, as we know. No, well, mine really. does. Yeah, mine uh, does, but it's, it's, not, it's not a spicy party every day. No, you know, sure. They're, sure. They're few and far between. But I just th- I sort of thought it's that thing. For me, it was the start of that time when they just became more and more in a bubble. They were obviously doing that because it was a huge premiere. There was loads of kids. They would be mobbed if they came out, even at their own premiere. But nonetheless, they were sort of had been so removed from from the actual enjoyment of it. And I think that's what happened to them. Yes, I think that is. I think that also, is it that, um, and now I think this is true in politics as well and all sorts of sort of public life where you have to act at being the star. You know, you must usher everyone away and, you know, 
add on crowd noise and yes. you know we all love I mean we kind of love those sort of old, that old school Hollywoody kind of mm. um, they're very special they're something they're better than us they're on a pedestal but I think we also quite enjoy seeing people being normal don't we the common touch we love the common touch oh we love the common touch I've made a blooming living out of that <laughs> <laughs> see I think well, I think it's really weird for that whole you know, like 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 this picture of us. We're totally dressed up. I'm in. I think I was wearing. A, I think that's a Catherine Hamnet suit. It was kind of like that Paddington bear print. You know, that yellow with squares on it. Uh, you weren't in I'm, a kilt then. You were I wasn't often in a, in a kilt. kilt. I'm often in. Yeah, I wasn't then. I I, I, I it's vaguely sort of tartany, but it's a, a yellow. I, I think it was Catherine Hamnet mm. or someone like that. Uh, as wearing a British designer. Um, but you know, we are all dressed up, and I always find it it's weird. Like when I'm. Especially in America, because I think the, the whole notion of celebrity is much more ingrained as a part of, you know, in Britain, it, it, I sometimes feel like it's a bit, people think it's a bit cheesy to be famous. Uh, and, but in America, there's none of that. It's just completely, it's the no. best thing you could possibly be. And so I feel like sometimes, you know, when a car, a big car comes and I have to get in it and I go to the premiere and I come out and I wave and I've got some gorgeous suit on and everyone's screaming. I, I, I And I sort of think I'm propagating uh, an image and a notion that is wrong because I sort of think you know I want to say you know tomorrow I'll be going to the supermarket and picking up my dog's poop. I don't normally dress like this. I, it's it's a funny sort of thing. I really I feel I I enjoy the 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 um, spectacle of it and the sort of ritual mm. of getting dressed up. But I'm worried that everybody everybody doesn't understand it that we're not like that all the time. Well, I think in Britain you you sort of can't win because if you do that, you're criticised for not being you know one of them and a bit up yourself yeah but if you kind of get too in amongst it uh you're not taken seriously as a star so it's quite hard to get that right i think yeah you know what i think you just got to be nice don't you so even if you're getting out of the limo just be nice just be nice about it wave sign a few sign a few bits of paper yes exactly I was uh, writing the other day about the time when I went to your wedding, you and Daniel's beautiful wedding in Italy. Aww. And it was because it was it was October of 2001. And that was like a month after September the 11th. And I, I mm. just remember the hysteria of flying. I actually flew to Paris and then drove across to Italy to you. But it was such a lovely... Th- I, I wrote in, in my forthcoming memoir, available in November, uh, about <laughs> what a lovely thing it was for us all to go to that place in Italy with you guys and sort of like life must go on. Do you know what I mean? It was like a It really was quite positive- a big ask to get people to fly somewhere so soon for a wedding. And we also, by the way, I would never do this now, but for those that had children, they weren't invited. We said, that's sorry, right. you've got to leave no your kids. children. Yes, that's right. I was a lot that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we don't want their nasty children at our wedding. <laughs> Even though everyone was terrified about flying, terrified yes. about leaving their their nearest and dearest, you know, yeah, and we were, yeah. we were really stuck with that decision. No, I thought that was um, great. But it did make it once we were there really rather fabulous. <laughs> totally, totally. It's so beautiful. I love that that beautiful house and little little chapel thing you came down from. The steps you came down. The two. It was of you. a very special um, place and a special time. I think in all of our lives. I think that's the thing. Is it some of, you know, we've all got those. I mean, obviously, it's, it was my wedding day. But I feel that for all of us, there was so much happening for you. You know, yeah, yeah. you were moving around the world, and you know, we had sort of amazing people there it was only 40 people in total we were only allowed 
um, my husband was allowed 10 friends and I was allowed 10 friends. That was it for our wow. little tiny wedding. So, oh, that's uh, so, and it was just, I, I always think of it, it was a beautiful, you know, it was a beautiful end wedding anyway, but it was just this lovely feeling of, oh, it's a, everything's going to be okay. Life is going to go on. And this is a beautiful, you know what I mean? Just, it was perhaps so, I should, um, do another party in Italy at this I moment think, in I our lives right as now. soon as possible yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for that same reason hey how you doing my name is Elroy Spoonface Powell Spoon the Voice Guy and I just want to tell you about a new podcast called Death of a Film Star it's from the makers of Death of a Rock Star and it's really good we've got episodes about Heath Ledger Chadwick Boseman, Marilyn Monroe, and Robin Williams. You've seen them tell incredible stories, so now it's time for us to tell theirs. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. Honestly, do it now. It'll be worth it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yesterday was Dolly Parton's 75th birthday. Oh, I love Dolly. And I love Dolly too. And I, uh, someone had given me for Christmas a box of cake, uh, Dolly Parton's sugar cookies uh, cake mix. Mm. And so I uh, made them last night and I did, I made it vegan because I'm vegan. I put a vegan egg, you know, you can get this sort of powder. Yes. So I replaced that and with vegan margarine. And then I put uh, in some chocolate sort of, choc- uh, dark chocolate sort of, you know, uh, spread stuff. And so they came out, these chocolate cookies that I uh, made in the oven. Absolutely delicious. Oh, good. Yeah, I was very proud of myself. And which brings me nicely to your, like this other side of you since since the Spice Girls premiere is this as, as sort of celebrity chef. And I love on your Instagram, your cooking progress and also your mistakes. I love that you, <laughs> you tell us when you make, when you screw up. How did that all come about? I mean, I always remember you being a great cook. I remember going to your house, to your house for dinner and all that, but it's a big, it's a big leap. It was sort of, uh, I'm, you know, I, I think it's, it was, it came out of having kids and being stuck at home, essentially right. loving food uh, back in the day when sort of simple, easy, delicious, inspiring food that you could actually manage uh, wasn't really available in terms of uh, cookbooks. So I started to write them. But ultimately, I think it comes from a place of sort of 
arrogance because I just think I'm so good at so many things. <laughs> this is just one of them. And I'm like, I mean, I'm like, goodness me, I should be the judge on all of these shows. I should be writing books about everything. Really? I mean, that's cooking fine, whatever. Um, but it really, it comes from a sort of, I'm quite, I'm quite keen on myself. And, I, and why really, not? And I mean, why not? Because totally, why not? Things are going pretty well. So, you know, it's that thing that why do actors just, why can they only act? You know, this well, is the thing. I totally with you on that. I'm, I am a polymath. Yeah, I have been you for, totally for a, are. a long time. And I just love all that. And I, I actually think we've come into a different time in our history or maybe it's just getting older and but is that people accept that more it used to be thinking about oh you it used to be remember years ago it used to be like especially in america like if you did if you did film you did film you didn't do telly and yeah. all that and then even that was a sort of a you know a, a very you had to stay in your lane. It's opening up now, but it took a long time. I and mean, when I started writing the cookbooks, I mean, I had already broken some some sort of rules because I did adverts. When I was doing really well as an actress, I chose to do adverts. And people, there's some reviews that used to sort of say, why on earth did Faye Ripley do this advert? And I just want to go, I did it what for the think? money, obviously. Of course, yeah. Um, I think it's hilarious when people ask that know, question. Hello. Yeah, duh. So, yeah, that broke a rule and, and you get punished for that because you go, oh, well, you're not allowed to do, you know, sort of credible things. You can only do things that advert, you know, ladies do. I don't know. But anyway, now I feel – and actually the advert thing, thankfully, with George Clooney, that was handy when he started sort of doing – his coffee ads right things. yes but you know anything exactly you can be good at many things and that's true for everybody not just uh, us absolutely and then, but that sort of snobbiness about what you should do and what you shouldn't do i i hate that i'm very frank about well obviously i do that for money and i have my whole concept of the hollywood bank you know that thing where you you make deposits no. well i have the, so my in my head is the thing called the hollywood bank and i make deposits to it like I'll do some like a big commercial thing or maybe even like yes. a, a voiceover film like the Smurfs or something something that's not particularly challenging it's hopefully fun but it's not going to you know take up my uh, every fiber of my body I'm and that's called a deposit at the Hollywood Bank and then later you can make a withdrawal to sort ah. of subsidize you whilst you're doing a wee independent film or something or theater that, you know, or something or theater yeah. exactly yeah. or something that you know you're and then you're sort of the bankability of having made deposits helps you sometimes get other projects made, smaller projects made. I so agree. I think I, I think about it like that. The whole thing is an, is a sort of transaction to me is, you know, and I think yeah. that's, and to be open about that, like, you know, I, next week I'm going to go and shoot a couple of episodes or something. It'll be fun, but I'm doing it for the money. I'm doing it because yeah. I want to then not work for a while and, you know, come back up to the mountains and hide until my vaccination comes through. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm doing this purely for the money. <laughs> Um, I mean, I can tell you guys, oh, I God. cannot wait for the check. Um, <laughs> or the premiere. <laughs> or the premiere. Yeah. What are you going to wear to the premiere of Alan Cummings? Same. Saying Same. Same as I wore. But seeing as I've still got it. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm sorry. I'm going to have, I'm not going to have a root perm. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to wear my hair straight. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, tiara? Sure. Why not? <laughs> Just to finish, I want to ask you about if you remember a, a little vacation we took. Do you remember a place called Dim Church? <gasps> Do you remember the padded toilet? Padded seat? loose seat. We went. We went. A bunch of us. A bunch of friends. 
<laughs> went to it was like a you know a bank holiday weekend or something and we and we said oh let's go to let's rent somewhere and go to for a weekend together and I was left with the task of finding it of finding a place and it was like the early days of the internet and all that stuff and into buy you know renting things and so I um. <laughs> Oh. I said, I remember thinking, gosh, that was easy. It sounds really great. And it's, it's in the beach and it's got all these rooms for everybody. And, you know, oh, wow, that was quick. I got this place. I said, I got it, everybody. Nailed it. Here's the address. So we arrived first. And it was like a sort of, it was like in, a, in, a, in an estate, uh, you know, like in a, in a project, you'd say, in America. It wasn't on the beach. Uh, it was, so it had. 40s bungalow. Yes, yeah, it's like very. a bungalow. Yes. Uh, a lot of pebble dash, and uh, it had a it had a plastic pa- squishy padded loo seat. <laughs> Do you remember we we then arrived? A few more people arrived, and there was one guest who was uh, one couple who was still to arrive, yes, and who were Emma late. and Jason. Emma yeah, and so, Jason. J- and, so, yes. and we knew that Emma would be furious about this. We knew and that- we saw the car. We knew. I mean. We were all furious, Alan, don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. But we knew that she'd be particularly furious. And we saw their car drive down the road and we all peeked out from the net curtains. And you could see Emma mouthing to Jason, yes. her boyfriend. Drive going, on. Just keep driving. And they did. They, and then, they didn't stop. And then eventually they came back. And Emma was, it was like there'd been a death. They wanted to go. They wanted to go, and and we were like, "Oh, come on! How bad? It's clean. It's not. Come on! It's funny. Just yeah. be fine." But then, the, but then it was the drive of terror along Dimchurch uh, the cliffs. Remember that? We. I don't know quite what happened, but I, I we, sort of was reminded of this the other day by someone else, uh, our friend Dixie, who who remembered uh-huh. this very clearly, and she said that it was in my car, Alan. Yes, I, I a had sporty a, number. I remember a little kind low, of. Yeah. I mean, we're saying sporty. They had it had little pop up eyes, you know, yeah. the, the, for, yeah. the, the the at the front, and it was. It was only meant for two people, but there was like seven of us in there or whatever. And we drove down the wall, a sea wall. Yes. Which was only as wide as the car. Yes. At night in the dark. And I'm going to say none of us were entirely sober. (laughs) Okay. So, oh dear. So many rules broken. Anyway, (laughs) we drove to the end of the sea wall. We all got out, thought it was fabulous how glamorous we all were for invading this tiny seaside town of Kent. And then realised, how do we get back? So we had to sort of... To reverse all the way back along the sea wall. reverse miles along the sea wall with a sort of, you know... And we were all hysterical. Hysterical to me, to me, to me, to you. <laughs> it's a lot of that. <laughs> Watch out! Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Fado, um, it was so. Lo- thank you so much for doing this. It was so lovely to talk to you. Have you seen the spices recently? Um, my kid went to school for a bit. One of my kids went to school for a bit with Jerry's. Um, uh-huh. so it's sort of brushed past a bit. Yes, I have bumped into, I feel like I've been on a guest with baby, uh, you know, we've both been on Jonathan Ross or something. I don't know. I think, I think, you know, I think we've popped into each other's lives every now and then. And They're aging I, well, don't you think? Uh, yeah, but hey, I mean. <laughs> they, have the, they have the resources. I mean. I mean, indeed, I feel like with the, with the grooming, let's politely say, yes, um, yes, I'm sure. Yes. But yes, I think they. I mean, they're they're absolutely gorgeous, all of them. And we're aging um, well too, Faye. I don't know if you need to be told this, but we're looking gorgeous too. 
I, yes, I mean, it's it's hard. You are, Alan, but you have an advantage, which is you are a man. Yes. Um, and I have to say, it's quite hard being on the telly as a woman who hasn't had any work done. Oh. That's quite hard. Mm. Yeah. Because it's quite a hard thing to own. Um, yeah. Because ultimately, you just look awful. <laughs> so you sort of go, well, here I am. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but because everyone has had Botox or something done, so you're the oddity. I find that it's, too. I, I always say I'm going to be the last person, the only person on television who's not had Botox in America. The, and that's what I feel. But I don't think anyone's going to give me an award for that. <laughs> no, just, <laughs> this we is can my just problem. Feel smug. We can feel smug in our decrepitude. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but maybe that's the answer. Maybe down the line, when we've both hung on in there, we'll yeah. have to just play opposite each other, darling, and then it'll forever, be so that nobody will nobody <laughs> will realize. Don't have any of these smooth skinned people. If we do end up in anything together ever, could and I would like to request this, and I don't care if my agent says we're not allowed to do this. I want it to be starring Alan Cumming and friend. <laughs> <laughs> That would be so good. Would that be okay? Yeah. Well, Faye, I'm going to put this little uh, silver elephant with a little clip and a little picture of us. We're just beaming away. It's such a lovely, joyful picture. And I have it on my shelves and I, I go past it and I, it just reminds me of such a happy time. And I love you and I thank you so much for going down memory lane with me today. I love you too, Alan. All right, my love. And thank you too, listeners, for joining Faye and I today as we spiced up our lives. You see what I did there? I'll be back next time when I take another object down from my shelves, reminisce, ruminate and walk down memory lane with another lovely guest. Until then, take care. Alan Cumming's Shelves is hosted by me, Alan Cumming, duh, and is produced by Jack Claremont, who is a darling, and we are part of the Acast Creator Network and the Crowd Network too. We're all about networks. Another Crowd Network podcast to check out is... We Didn't Start the Fire. It's a history podcast inspired by the lyrics of Billy Joel. It's the story of the post-war world and helps explain why the world today is the way it is. There are episodes about Marilyn Monroe, Marlon Brando, South Pacific, The King and I, James Dean, Elvis, Disneyland, Brigitte Bardot and a lot more. Just search for We Didn't Start the Fire in your podcast app. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 